Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Well, amen. amen. All right. I want you to open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9. And I want to say thank you for allowing our family to be gone last week on a little vacation. And I want to say thank you to Phil Young, who covered for me, our director of missions, who kind of set the stage to launch into this new part of our journey, this new uh, series. Uh, it's called Breakthrough 2021, and it's going to last for four weeks. I'm glad you're here. I want to challenge you now to go ahead and commit your schedule, the month of January, uh, to be here every week. Because what we're going to talk about are ways that uh, will set us free, every single one of us. And this is not, this for us as a church, but it's for you as an individual. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you just so you'll know. All right, I'm going to pinpoint that and nail it down. And so uh, while we were on vacation, we went to Universal Studios and uh, we took our grandchildren, our children and son-in-laws down there. Had a great time. Weather was about 70 degrees, much nicer than here. But while they rode this road, this ride, which is, which is called, I got to read it. It's called The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Now, some of you may be in that cult, that Harry Potter. You may be a Harry Potter freak. I've never even seen a Harry Potter movie. Maybe I'm the freak. I don't know. When I was growing when it, they came out, man, it was uh, the devil. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, we never did watch them, didn't let our girls watch them. But I rode their roller coaster. All right, I'm going to encourage you to ride that roller coaster. They have a roller coaster down there. Listen to this. It's called Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. <laughs> That's what it's called. What a name. What happened to Scream Machine? You know what I'm saying? And, and so on this ride, it is, it's the coolest roller coaster ever been on in my life. Amen to Clark right there? Yes, yes you see, he knows. All right, this thing is amazing. They spent about $400 million on this ride. On the ride, it's not like they dropped a, you know, a, a, a roller coaster out in the parking lot at the Walmart. It don't look like that. You're riding through the, you're in the forest, you're going through the castle, and you're doing it sitting up on a stinking motorcycle. Okay, I'm telling you, it's amazing. Now here's, here, I, I, there's a point to this. I want you to listen. Here, you get on this thing, and while on this ride, you have seven launches, more launches than any roller coaster in the world. Launch meaning you come to an almost stop and then it just, and there you go, you know, and you're, you know, your ears are pinned back, you know, and, and, and so it takes you at one point, it takes you to this real high peak and it just stops. And all of a sudden you go backwards and enter into a cave. Now you're in the dark, 50 miles an hour in the dark. That'll make your stomach get a little weird. Okay. And then you, you finally, it finally stops and a spoiler alert, it drops you 18 feet. The whole roller coaster just drops 18 feet. And about the time you get your bearings, you know, and you, you try to figure out if you, maybe you need to change underwear or see if you threw up on the person in the sidecar, about that time, you get another launch. Here you go. I'm telling you, it is the coolest thing in the world. Now, here's the point of all that. Why not share that? Why, I was thinking about this. This is the significance of that roller coaster ride, okay? Because for years, I've ridden roller coasters, and all of them became just another roller coaster. That's not and for years I've been a Christian and been on a Christian journey and so have you. And sometimes our Christian journey starts looking like last year's roller coaster. It starts looking like the Amer great American scream machine at Six Flags. Okay. Instead of looking like this thing with launches and drops and, and, and new discoveries. And I believe God wants that for you and for me and for us as a church in 2021. I believe he wants us to break through out of the old and the mundane into a whole new place in our journey. And God's burdened me with this. I mean, he's burning me in the soul with this, that he wants more, not from you, but for you. Hmm, that's a good word. He doesn't want anything more from you. He wants more 
for you. And he wants us to learn how to dive in deeper to what he has in store for us. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next a few weeks. Now, we just finished up a, a crazy year, and I know that. And 2020, arguably one of the most unusual usual years, not for us as individuals, but for the whole world. And it, I know it's difficult. I, I know we had losses and hurts and difficulties in 2020. I, did, I lost my dad, okay? The greatest Christian role model I've ever known, okay, went on to be with Jesus. So I, I feel that. Uh, just last week, we had a family um, the, who their whole home burned to the ground, lost everything. They didn't lose everything because they still have each other, but their whole home was consumed. It's difficult in this world we live in. I feel that. I know that. And, and if right now you'd be vulnerable enough, transparent enough to, to say, you know what? My life has stuff in it that I'm not real crazy about, and I would be happy if it was different. Raise your hand. I raise my hand as your pastor. I got stuff. I, I wish things were different sometimes. Okay? So what we do is, is we, we come up with these ideas. At these, we ponder on these ideas that, man, what if things changed? What if this was different? Well, what if, what if I was no longer living paycheck to paycheck and I was set free financially? What if the relationships in my life with my wife or with my husband or with my children, my parents, my in-laws, my, my neighbors, some people at church, what if I had breakthrough in that? What if, what if they were no longer continually in like turmoil and stress? Uh, what if um, my health, my personal health, it seems, as you get older, things hurt more than they feel good. And that's the world I live in. I'm entering that journey. You know, I, you know what, if, what if my personal health was, was better? What if I had a breakthrough in that? <clears throat> the list is, is really long. But what if I've got a personal proclivity or a sin desire that just seems to plague me, that I get away from it and then I come back to it? What if I had breakthrough? What if it was gone? I believe 2021 is the year. And listen... What if, suppose for just a second, everything that happened in 2020 was all God's way of designing and preparing us for 2021? What if every bit of your experience in 2020 was designed by God to prepare you for an, an amazing breakthrough in 2021? I believe that's, what it, I believe that's what's happened. And in fact, I'm so convinced of it that I believe the phrase carpe diem, seize, seize the day, I believe that's where I'm at. Now, he may not have a breakthrough for you, and that's fine. I don't believe that, but if you don't want to claim one, that's fine. I'm claiming breakthroughs in 2021. I'm seizing the day with God. Now, here's the problem. Often we have these ideas of, you know, things would be great if... You know, if that would change, and maybe it'll change this year. If that, but we don't do anything to make it change. We, we go about it all wrong. We embrace the idea of the little engine who could. You remember that little story, you know, big, in, big train struggling, little engine comes along, I'll help you. He gets in front, he hooks up. I think I can, I think I can. And we have this idea of positive, you know, of positive influence, of mind control. That's not where the power's at. The power is not in a positive personal image. It's not in thinking positive. The power is who we are connected to. The power is the fact that you as a Christian are connected to God. He's not a distant, foreign God. He is the eternal, true and living God of the ages. But He's your personal God. He is your Abba, your Father. Okay? And that's where the power comes from. Now, in, in Scripture, we read about this. We see, uh, we, we learn, you have that one up there? Do you have that one for me? Uh, in Philippians 4.13, we got, oh, here it is. Oh, Philippians 
I am able to do all things. Now, that's the, that's the little engine it could. You have to do something with this, Travis. It's killing me. I'm able to do all things. You've got to keep reading, okay, through the one who strengthens me. Some translations say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just nail it down. Also, we read in the next one, we see Romans 8, 37. No, down, in all, you have to turn that down, bro. You're killing me. Okay, no, in all things we have complete victory through him who loved us. Our victory is found in God. It's not found in us. Okay, and we need to embrace that and we need to dig in and dive in and accept that and stop trying to do everything, I can, everything on our own. We need to learn how to trust God to do what we can't do for ourselves. Do you understand why the reason, for most of, the reason for most of our failures is not because of God. It's because we left God out of the equation. Okay? Now, we're going to look today, uh, we're going to see, as, uh, look forward in Daniel, uh, uh, we're going to learn four truths, four fundamental building blocks to help us experience a breakthrough in 2021. All right? Now, Daniel is a seasoned, old, God-chasing dude. Okay, no negative counsel in all of God's word about this guy. And we studied his whole book, and it was an incredible book. If you believe that, say amen. It was cool stuff, amazing guy that God used. All because he was just diligent and faithful, and he trusted God every day. Okay, so we're going to learn something from him. Now, we skipped a little bit in chapter 9. Daniel's on the, at the cusp, on the threshold, at the crossroads of a decision, trying to understand some things. And we're going to see what he did. Because he finds breakthrough along with a whole lot of other people, and this is how they do it. The first thing I want you to see is the title of the message called A Foundation for a Breakthrough. A Foundation for a Breakthrough. And in Daniel chapter 9, the first word I want you to see is direction. Direction. And direction, if you look it up in the dictionary, it says a detailed course of action. So Daniel's searching for a breakthrough, and he needs good direction. And so he, he says in verse 1 of chapter 9, in the first year of Darius, son of Ahasuerus, who was of Median descent and who had been appointed king over the Babylonian empire, in the first year of his, his reign, there's a lot of verbiage to get to this phrase. You ready? He says, I, Daniel, came to understand from the sacred books. He says, I got my direction from the sacred books that the number of years for fulfilling the desolation of Jerusalem, which had come as the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah, would be 70 years. Okay? Now, I guess pause right here. Is it ringing on anybody or is it just in my head? It's just me? Yeah, okay. All right. I'm going to press on. So, so he, he's looking for direction and he looks in the right place. The problem in the world today is when we're looking for direction in our life, when we're looking for identification, personal identification, who we are, defining who we are, defining what it is we're to do, defining who it is we're supposed to be, instead of going to the sacred books, we go to social media. And we look at the latest post on somebody's Facebook page and say, wow, they got it all together. I need to do that. Or we listen to, 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 we turn on the television and we watch all the advertisements about, you know, uh, vehicles and vacations and portfolios, you know, and, and oh, we've got to be a part of that. Or, or we listen to our friends ungodly. 
We listen to our friends who are backslidden Christians. And all the while, there's one source for the right direction for our life. One source and one source only. And it is, I love this word. I've never noticed that, that Daniel refers to this book as the sacred books. You see, this is still a sacred book 2,600 years later. Although the second half, the New Testament, Daniel didn't have access to that. He had the same Old Testament Hebrew book you have, and he called it the sacred books. And he says, I went to the sacred books, and that's where I got my direction. That's where I got my understanding. Now, what do we do with the sacred book? <laughs> Where's your sacred book? It might be under the bed. It might be laying on the nightstand under three other books. It might be under your chair. It might be under the seat of your car. I remember growing up, they were always laying in the dashboard, all right, baking, okay. There's somewhere, it's a sacred book, and we need to start treating this book again as a sacred book. Now, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, Daniel refers to it as sacred books. In the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament refer to it as the Theonustos, Theo, God, neustos, like pneumonia, breath. The breath of God. That's what this is. The sacred book is the breath of God. And God didn't just breathe it for it to be written on a page. He breathed it so it could communicate to you. He's speaking to you through this book. I want to tell you something. If your spiritual diet includes Sunday morning Bible study from the preacher, your soul is starving to death one day at a time. Your soul is starving to death because it's not getting the nutrients it needs. It, gets, it comes from this book. So here's what we do. It's a new year. We say, oh, yeah, I'm going to read the Bible. The first half of Genesis, the words are written, are read, have been read slap off the page. Every year, man, the whole word, I'm reading the Bible through. We get to about the middle of Genesis. Wah, wah, wah. You know, we go, go strong with a resolution, okay? And it doesn't, reading through the Bible is great. That's great. If, it's, if that works for you. But if it doesn't work for you, the, the key is that you're reading this sacred book. You don't have to read, you know, what we do, we say, well, I, uh, I read my chapter, I'm going to check my box. You know, and you're reading the chapter like, you don't know what you read. You know, hmm. where was that? Oh, yeah, I'm over on this page, you know. No clue, okay. I better check my box. Or we read a little bit and say, I probably didn't read enough, but I got, I got a lot to do. I probably read more than the next guy, okay. That's not getting it. Okay, the sacred book, Daniel understood, unless you're diving into this book, you'll never know who it is God wants you to be and what it is God wants you to do. So you got to get into his sacred book for us to understand that. Now, on our journey as we move forward, I want you to see how, how amazing, I want you to understand what, who, what the greats of the Old Testament thought about the book. Okay, the greats, you know, the Daniels, the Moseses, okay, the Davids, okay, the greats, the Esthers, the Ezras, what they thought about the book, the Elijahs. See, they got into the Word of God. Now, listen what the psalmist says in Psalm 119. And I think we got this up here. If we don't, that's cool too. Okay, there it is. Um, How blessed are those whose actions are blameless, who obey the law of the Lord. That's a sacred book. That's where you get it. He goes, how blessed are those who observe his rules found in the sacred book and seek him with all their heart, who moreover do no wrong but follow his footsteps. Verse 5, if only I were predisposed to keep your statutes, then I would not be ashamed if I were focused on all your commands found in the sacred book. 
I will give you sincere thanks when I learn your just regulations found in the sacred book. I will keep your statutes. Do not completely abandon me. How can a young person, young people, how can a young person maintain a pure life? By guarding it according to your instructions found in the sacred books. With all my heart I seek you. Do not allow me to stay, uh, to stray from your commands in the sacred book. In my heart I store up your words, the ones from the sacred book, so I might not sin against you. You deserve praise, O Lord. Teach me your statutes in the sacred book. With my lips I proclaim all the regulations you have revealed in the sacred book. I rejoice in the lifestyle prescribed by your rules in the sacred book, as if they were riches of all kinds. I will meditate on your precepts found in the sacred book and focus on your behavior. I find delight in your statutes found in the sacred book. I do not forget your instructions found in the sacred book. Direction. He went to the right place to find direction for his life. And you and I in 2021, if we want to experience a breakthrough, we, bet, we better get our information from the right source. Our direction better come from the sacred book. And so we, in the, in the New Testament, we, we read it this way. It says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Make every effort to present yourself before God. Some translations say, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. He says, Make every effort to present yourself before God, a proven worker who does not need to be ashamed, teaching the message of truth accurately. For breakthrough in your life, for breakthrough in my life and in the life of this church, it is imperative that one by one, one day at a time, we dive in and get our direction from the sacred books, from the Word of God. I want to challenge you. I want to compel you. I want to encourage you. I'll beg you if I have to. Get in God's Word. If never before, start now. So here's what we do, unlike Daniel. Daniel was in it every day. He got it. He got it. He got it. He's in it. Okay? Here's what we do. We pick up our Bible and we read a little bit and we get to a part that maybe is a little bit hard to understand. <laughs> it's the breath of God for crying out loud. Why do we think we can pick it up with, a, with an unrepentant heart, with, a, with the wrong attitude and pick it? Why do we think we're going to get the breath of God in our life when our heart's not right? Okay? So we do it all wrong. Daniel got it. You remember reading three times a day, man, he's on his knees praying to God and he's staying in this book looking for direction. So here's what we do. We read it. We don't get anything about it, out of it. So we say, well, I read it. I've heard this so many times. I've probably said it. I read it, but I, I try to read the Bible, but I just didn't get anything out of it. You ever heard that before? Raise your hand. <laughs> Did it come out of your mouth? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay? We, amen. We, we say that. Okay? Of course you don't understand everything. It is the Theonoustos. It is the breath of God. And God is bigger than you. You will never understand Him. So here's what happens. It's like my, my dad passed away this year. My mom, she works puzzles a lot. She loves puzzles. Helps her occupy her time and her mind uh, on those, these winter days where she's lonely. So every puzzle, you take it out of the box, unless you're just extremely odd, you take it out and you find all the pieces. It's got a flat side on it, the border. Okay? It don't matter what color it is. don't matter what picture's on it. It doesn't matter. As long as it's got a flat side, man, you put it out there. And you set everything else over here. And you see the picture on the box, and so you just line up the, you, based, on, based on color, you put the perimeter together. Is that how you work a puzzle? Say, yeah. 
Okay, thought I was speaking to nobody right here. Okay, so, so now what happens? You get the border together, and I got a big pile of pieces over here. They mean nothing. They do not look like the picture on the box. It's just a goobly gob of pieces, all right? And so what you do now is you try to find common. Okay, like there's a bird, a red bird on there. Okay, where's all my red pieces? They look a little bit like you bring them over here. And now you got a bird, okay? And then you look over here, okay, then there's a, a fence. There's a white fence over there. Or where's my white pieces? I'm putting a white fence, okay? And, and one piece of time. Now, all of a sudden, you got a border or a frame. And now, all of a sudden, one at a time, listen to me, you begin to put little pieces, little pictures of the greater mosaic. They come together. Meanwhile, the pieces that don't mean anything get smaller and smaller and smaller. I want to tell you something. It took me a long time to get this. That's the way it is with this book. You get in a sacred book, you don't understand it. It means nothing. But all of a sudden, God will start sharing little pieces of the border. And the next thing you know, you've got a framework for all that God's speaking from this book. And then one by one, he'll begin to put these little pieces together, which you'll never find if you're not in the sacred book. He'll start putting these little things together, and you'll drop back, and all of a sudden you'll see things inside the framework, and it'll begin to get clearer and clearer. So then the more you read, the more you get, because that puzzle is coming together. We've got to be people of his word. We've got to get our direction from God. And when that happens, we're on the verge, we're moving toward a breakthrough in our life. Now, number two is dedication. Dedication means to be committed fully to. Dedication means to be committed fully to. In verse 1, he says all that stuff, but in it he says, I got my understanding from the sacred books. Verse 3 begins like this, So I turned my attention to the Lord God. So Daniel is digging around in God's Word, in the sacred book, he's reading and he understands part of it, but he don't have it all figured out either. I mean, he's a man of God who's been doing this for years. He's seasoned, and he still doesn't have all the answers. And, and so he says, okay, I, I'm in the book. I get my understanding. There's still stuff in there about this whole 70-year thing. I'm not fully getting, so what am I going to do? Am I going to walk away? No. I'm going to turn my attention to the Lord God. I'm going to be dedicated. You want to break through? In 2021, you dedicate yourself to something bigger than the world you live in. You dedicate yourself to something other than the distractions of this world. Let me ask you a question. Anybody have distractions in your life? Raise your hand. Yo, look around. What's the matter with y'all? We need to repent of that. We all have distractions. We live in a distracted world. Why? Because it's the world. And this world has the power of the evil one, of Satan himself, all over it. And the last thing he wants for your life is for you to get a breakthrough from God, to dive in and experience God greater in this year than you ever have in your life. Because he hates God and he hates you for chasing God. All right? And, and so we've got to turn our attention to God. Now, Matthew 6, nails this down. He says this, Jesus is speaking, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's it. We pursue everything under the sun in this world we live in. You know we do. We pursue it. We got a list in our mind that we think about all the time. And to, and to develop that, we, we get on the internet, we search it out, we, we ask questions, we have conversations. Uh, meanwhile, the God of, that created all of that, the God that created us is, is saying, hey, 
I'm up here. You forget about me. Okay? When we seek God first, everything else falls into place. So we've got to learn to get that right. So building block number two for Breakthrough 21 happens when we're dedicated to God more than we're dedicated to the things of the world. What does that look like? When we make God number one, breakthrough is headed in our direction. So here's the question. Is God number one in your life? Is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ number one in your life today? Let me answer that for most of everybody. No. And why would we experience a breakthrough? Why would we expect God to do great things in our life, on our behalf, in our world, when we're not dedicated to Him as the number one thing in our life? Number three, devotion. Devotion by definition means enthusiasm about or a loyalty to. In verse three, the first nugget of truth, he says, I've turned my attention to the Lord God. And then he continues, he says this in B of verse 3, 9, Daniel chapter 9. He says, to implore him by prayer and request. Daniel's trying, he's digging in, he's trying to get everything, he's trying to get everything God has for him. Daniel says, this is the sacred book of God, and he's given it, and it's for me and I know it's in there. I'm going to turn my attention to God to get it. And if I still don't have it, I'm going to implore. You know what implore means? Beg. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be fervent. I'm going to beg. I'm going to pester God is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ask and ask and ask and implore Him to tell me and to reveal to me what it is He wants in my life. You see... Daniel knows that when there's something that he needs to get from God, when he wants to move God, when he wants God to move closer to him, prayer's the thing. Prayer was not designed or created by God for God. Prayer was designed and created for you. You see, he can communicate with you. He's holy, righteous, and perfect. And he can speak whatever he wants to. He's God, and that's the way it is. But prayer is required as a tool, an instrument of communication for you. That's why I gave it. Now, and here's what's amazing. He created it knowing that initially we still couldn't pray. Because there's no way that our, in our sinful condition, no way we can go tromping into holiness and start shouting out our request. And so what did he do? He made a way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the one who hangs in between the chasm, between the holiness of God and the sinfulness of mankind. And he says, I will be your intercessor. When you pray, Jesus says, I'll pray. When you pray, I'll pray. In Daniel, it's so cool. Uh, Daniel's praying and Gabriel shows up from heaven. And people always, it's a quandary. They get confused about it. It's like, okay, heaven is how far away? And Gabriel got the, how, how fast can Gabriel fly? You know, his ears pinned back, you know. I mean, how did he get there so fast? And then he says, when you started praying, God dispatched me. I want you to understand something. Sometimes we pray, and we wonder if God hears. Listen to me. God hears you when you don't pray. God hears you when you do pray. Boy, I've never said that before. God hears us when we don't pray. It resonates in his ears. And you know what he's responding? Why are they not praying to me? I'm God. They're my people. Why are they not praying? And he hears you when you pray. Before you pray, he knows what your prayer is. That's God. 
And so what happens is God's looking for us now just like to come to him and in prayer. It's our way of developing a relationship with him. Now, it's important. Sometimes we throw up prayers. We got, we got 911 pray, prayers, you know, stomp the brakes. We're skidding. We pray, okay? We didn't study for a test, students. We go in there to take the test. We, there's prayer in school, okay? okay? When they don't study, you don't pray, okay? So we've got those, but that's not what we're talking about. We've got meal prayers, which I strongly encourage. Oh, I encourage 911 prayers. He, he wants those too, okay? I encourage meal prayers, you know, where you sit down and you pray before meals. We're at a great season in, in our family dynamic with our grandkids. Judson's five, and he, says, he prays over most of our meals. You know, we say, how hey, you want to pray? Yeah, and he'll pray. And, and he might throw in some, you know, colorful commentary along the way. But it's all good. We encourage him because he's praying. And now our little granddaughter, she's two, and she's learning how to pray. She don't know the words, but she knows the cadence. So we sit down to eat, and she'll go, na 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 da 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 pause. Amen. And we're like, yeah, amen, we're in. And so you, there's not wrong prayer. Well, there is wrong prayer, like the representative who opened the 117th Congress. You might have seen that at the end. A silliness of a prayer. A silliness of a prayer, and he concluded it, amen and a woman. Which, by the way, to say a woman, to use that word, it's the definition of a woman is, I am an idiot, so be it. Okay, that's what that means apparently. That guy's a moron on full display for the world, okay? Amen means it comes from the Hebrew. It's transferred into, uh, into the Greek. It means so be it. It means we're in agreement. Let this be. That's how you close a prayer. But it's more than 911 prayers. It's more than meal prayers. It's a conditioning of a relationship between you and God. That's so good. That's so good. It, men, if you go for the next month and you don't speak to your wife, your relationship will not be better for the most part. <laughs> Women, if you go the next month and you do not speak to your husband at all, your relationship will be better <laughs> for the most part. Okay? Parents, if you never speak to your children, children, if you never speak to your parents, your relationship will not be what it's intended to be. And it's the same with your relationship with your heavenly Father and your Lord and Savior, Jesus. They just want to have a conversation with you. They're always, always ready for you to pray. And, and so what happens here is Daniel is devoted. He says, I'm going to implore him by prayer and request. What does the Bible say in the New Testament about prayer? 1 Thessalonians 5 says, always rejoice, constantly pray, in everything give thanks. I don't even like that line. In everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Prayer. He wants us to pray. He wants you to pray. He wants to have a relationship with you. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. James 5, 16 says, So confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great effectiveness. Some, some translations say the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God just wants you to be devoted to your relationship to Him in your prayer life. It's a building block. 
for a breakthrough in 2021. And so now we've covered the first three, direction, which is reading God's word, dedication, which is looking beyond the world's distractions, devotion, meaning prayerfully and intently pursuing God. The fourth is unique, and the fourth is more of a challenge. The fourth I'm going to call demonstration. The word demonstration by definition means to show proof or evidence of. Now what Daniel does is he demonstrates to God tangibly and physically that he's serious about what he's coming to God for. He's serious about the breakthrough that he's in pursuit of. Okay, listen to what he says. He finishes up verse 3 of chapter 9. That's all the verses we're covering. And he says, keep in mind, he started. He says, I, Daniel, came to understand from the sacred books. That's verse 1 and verse 2. Then he says, I turned my attention to the Lord God to implore him by prayer and fasting. And then he says this, prayer and request, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, all those are demonstrations, physical demonstrations of humility and brokenness and sacrifice before God. And we're not going to talk about sackcloth and ashes. I, you know, we're not, we're not, I'm not challenging you in that. I am challenging you to fast. To fast. Fasting is a discipline that runs throughout all of God's Word from the beginning to the end. In fact, some of the greatest moves of God, some of the greatest demonstrations of God, some of the greatest uh, 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 moments of change in all of God's Word, fasting was connected to it. Now, we don't care to talk about prayer. We don't care to talk about that. We talk about it all the time. We don't care to talk about reading the Bible. We talk about it all the time. We don't even like to think about fasting. Why? Because our whole world revolves in the South around eating. Oh, you had a baby? Cover dish. Oh, you lost your mama? Cover dish. Oh, you're getting married? Come on over. Cover dish. Everything's about food, you know. You're sick? Here's you some food. You're healthy? Here's you some food. All right? Food is a good thing. It's required for us to survive. But it gets the wrong focus in the world we live in. And so I'm calling you, I'm challenging you to fast. Now, in the, what does it mean to fast? In the New Testament, the Greek word means simply abstain from food. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word means to cover your mouth, which is hard to take food if your mouth is covered. So the basic idea in the Bible is about abstaining from food, right? But there's more to it than that. There's people who say, well, I, I can't fast. You can challenge me, but I can't fast. I'm a diabetic. I can't fast. I'm this. I'm can't, I can't fast. I, yes, you can. You can fast. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. You can fast. You can fast. Everybody in here can fast, okay? Because it's more than just being about food. Biblically, the idea of fasting shows up over 74 separate times. And it never means a glorified weight loss program. You'll hear people say, that, yeah, I'm, I'm fasting for the Lord. I hope to lose about a dozen pounds. <laughs> well, if, that, if you're fasting to lose a dozen pounds, okay, fine. But if you're fasting for a breakthrough, maybe your breakthrough is a dozen pounds. Okay, you're really set the bar high for God. Okay. It's not about a diet. It's not a glorified weight loss program. It's not a penalty like a hunger strike. It's not that. 
It's an activity that reveals to God the serious nature of your priorities and your goals and your desire to experience a breakthrough for something or in something in your life. It's the denial or the abstinence of a physical pleasure in hopes that you will receive something spiritual to replace it. Now, I'm going to challenge you to, pr to, to pray and fast over the next 21 days. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, there it is. Some of y'all just went, huh? I can see it on your face. You forgot to tell your face, your countenance, not to reveal what you're thinking in your heart. Okay? You thought, I can't fast for 21 days. I'm not saying, okay, hope you had a big breakfast for the next 21 days. We ain't eating nothing. Okay? <laughs> we would fail miserably. Okay? All right? But I want to help you. I want you to understand God desires the same breakthrough. God desires a breakthrough for your life. It may not be the same breakthrough, but if it's not the same breakthrough, listen to me, it'll be a better breakthrough. Whew, that's good. Because you may have a breakthrough that you think you need in your life, and God has a bigger one, and when He takes care of that bigger one, yours will pale in comparison. Like if yours is that, my breakthrough's 12 pounds, His is much greater than, it's 14. Okay? If you fast, let me give you a picture of who you're going to keep company with. These are the greats, man. These are the greats of God's Word and His story. Moses fasted. He got the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get a new Ten Commandment. Don't, don't, don't think that. I'm just saying God watches our, when we're serious about a breakthrough. Elijah fasted, and he escaped from Jezebel. Ezra fasted because of mourning over sin. Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews. Darius fasted because he was concerned about the safety of Daniel. Daniel fasted because he just needed answers and clarity to prayer. The people of Nineveh, I never saw this, the people of Nineveh fasted because of the message of salvation that Jonah preached to them. That was cool. Uh, Paul fasted after his conversion before Paul's ministry began. Paul, the one who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. And Jesus fasted for 40 days after he was baptized to launch him into his three years of ministry here on this earth. Fasting is connected to some extremely significant moments and happenings in the eternal, sacred book, God's Word. And I want you to know that if you will make this part of your spiritual journey, God might just do something significant in your life. I, I, I think it's interesting that fasting, the idea of food, is not just in the South. It's been eating, food has been a problem since man was created. You know that, don't you? Satan shows up slithering around in a fruit tree. What was the first temptation? Fruit. Hmm, who knew? Jesus, after 40 days in the wilderness, he says, 40 days in the wilderness to be tempted, he fasted. Satan shows up with the three great temptations, the categories of all sin. You know what the big one is, what one of the big ones is? Hey, look at that bread. Look at those stones. You've been fasting. I know you're hungry. Let's turn those stones into bread, food. And it's still a problem today. You see, when we, when we get our priorities right, God responds to that. And so I want you to know this. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm not going to fast. I'm just not going to do it. I know you're not. You don't give either. 
You don't pray. You don't read your Bible. Why would you fast? Oh, y'all got way too serious right there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Call a spade a spade and you want to crucify the preacher. Okay. The truth is, Jesus expects you, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, Jesus has expectations for you. One of them is to fast. Well, how do you know that, preacher? It's in the sacred book. Listen to what he says in Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 16 and 18. He says, when you fast, not if, <laughs> when you fast, and in the same sermon, he, he implies that we should also pray and give. He says, when you pray and when you give. And we live in a Christian community. They don't like the preacher to call them out. They don't, they don't like the preacher to say, hey, you ought to give your resources. Hey, preacher always talks about money. Well, you know, like a preacher to call you out to pray. Oh, he's always, you know, he, 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 he judge, who made him judge? Okay, now you don't want me to talk about fasting. <laughs> Listen, okay. Jesus said you're supposed to fast. Take it up with him. Jesus said you're supposed to pray. If you don't, take it up with him. Jesus said you're supposed to give. If you don't want to, I don't care. It doesn't, I'm not on commission, okay? Take it up with him, okay? He's a big God, big enough for your questions. So I know that there's people who don't give and won't give, who don't pray and won't pray. I know there's people who don't fast and won't fast. But listen, I know seated in this very room right now, there are people who will. Because there's people, there are people in this room who desperately need a breakthrough. There's people in this room that need a relationship breakthrough with a husband, wife, daughter, son, mother, father, in-laws, neighbors, church member. You need a breakthrough. There's people, there are people in this room that, that desperately need a breakthrough in finances. They need to be liberated financially. There's people that need a career breakthrough. There's people in here that have addictions that need, they need to break away from. There's people in here that have, that have all kinds of needs for a breakthrough who are willing to say, God, I ain't never done it this way before. I never really copied Daniel. So I'm going to try this because I really want a breakthrough. I want you to know God will respond to your willingness to pursue him deeper in a different way, doing things different. You, you know, have you ever thought about this? What would it be like to have a relationship with God like Moses? <laughs> That'd be cool. What would it be like to have a relationship with God like Joseph? Huh. That'd be cool. What would it be like to be a man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart, to have a relationship with God like David? What would it be like to be a prophet like Daniel or Elijah or Elisha? What would it be like to have a, a walk with God like Mary and Martha? What would it be like to have a walk with God like Peter or John? What would it be like? Well, here's what we can do sometimes. Look at their lives and say, what did they do differently than what we do? And listen, there's much. There's much different about the way they did their spiritual journey. And it looks like this. So, you may be sitting there thinking, I don't even know, how, so how do I fast? Look, real quickly, we're almost done. There can be a short fast. In Judges chapter 20, there was a one-day fast. Some of y'all think, whoo, just found mine. <laughs> You're going to get a one-day breakthrough. 
There's a long fast. Moses and Jesus fasted for 40 days. There's a complete fast, water only, for 40 days. Don't try that at home without doctor's permission. There's a, there's a partial fast. Daniel fasted for 21 days, and that's what I'm encouraging you. So there's different durations. All of those fasts were in pursuit of different breakthroughs. So there's different durations. There's different goals or breakthroughs or desires. And there's different results. And so it can be a, a one day, a three day, a 21 day, or a 40 day. <clears throat> and it can still have biblical foundation. But now listen to me. God's not worried about the count of the days. God's worried about the condition of the heart. Okay? So don't do it based on days. Don't establish in your mind, <clears throat> I'm fasting for a day. I'm giving it to him. I'm skipping lunch today. I'll show him. Okay? It's not that. It's not something you can say, I did it, I checked the box. It's a desire for God to give you a fresh encounter to recondition and to tune up your soul. That's what the fast is all about. What can you expect if you fast? A deeper prayer life, your communion with God will be enhanced. A deeper care for the world. The problem with the world is not that it's not woke. The problem with the world is that it's very broke. And we need to care. And when we fast and pray and pursue God, it'll change the way we think about our world. It'll yield deeper relationships with God because we're coloring outside the lines. We're doing things different than we did before. It'll give us a deeper sense of holiness. All of us have sins in our life that we know we battle with. It may be anger. It may be lying. It may be gossip. It may be pornography. It may be whatever it is. Everybody's got one. And the, and, and the devil knows what it is too because he watches. And all, all of us know about those. When we fast and pray, God will begin to help us get rid of those. But I got news for you. He'll begin to reveal the other ones that we've buried for a while and we'll have a desire for a deeper level of holiness because God's word says be ye holy because I'm holy be ye perfect because I'm perfect and we'll desire <clears throat> that more and as we do we'll begin to experience God more so what can you fast of you could fast from food and water for a season for a spell you could fast from something that God has put in your heart that that he knows that you love it as much or more than you love him as an example okay I, I can't fast from mayonnaise I say okay Lord I'm fasting I ain't gonna eat no more mayonnaise I hate mayonnaise okay I could say that I'm fasting mayonnaise the rest of my life and I'll live up to that because I hate it okay I can't I, I could say I'm gonna fast from Diet Coke but I love me some Diet Coke okay I, I, in fact I am fasting from Diet Coke okay I could, I could say I'm fasting from social media. Some of y'all will need to get doctor's letter of permission for that. Okay, no more Facebook. Okay, I'm fasting from the internet. I'm not on Craigslist and eBay. I'm scrolling around. I'm, not, I'm fasting from that. Some of us need to fast from television because you know what's on television today? About 200 channels of absolute nothingness. Okay, and yet we, we, we watch it. 
I know people that just surf for something good. How do I know that person? It's me. And there's never anything good, all right? With no more television. I mean, whatever it is, it can be food, but it can be something else. Whatever the Holy Spirit convicts your heart of. Now, you should have received, if you've got one of these, raise, raise it up. Everybody needs one of these. Every person. When you leave, don't leave without one. In fact, I wish you had one right now. If you don't have one, raise your hand. I want somebody to get the box and pass them out. Give me about two or three guys, pass them out. They need, so they need one. Yeah. And while they're getting the box, to bring them in here, pass them out, I want to tell you what, those of you who picked them up, I want you to do something. I want you to get a pen or a pencil, and on the inside cover, right here, I want you to write your name. Write your name right here. Or here, wherever. Because this is that slick paper. may not write good, okay, with your pen. I want you to write your name right here. Why? Because this is your journal. This is your manual. This is your help. It's one thing for the preacher to say you need to do a bunch of stuff and never help you. This is a tool we want to put in your hands. I want you to put your name because this is yours, okay? Now, once you, once you put your name on that, I want you to consider putting right below your name what breakthrough you would love for God to provide in 2021. Now, I'm going to read a list in case you don't have one jumping out at you, maybe one of these resonates. Maybe you already know. Maybe it's more than one. Write that down. What my breakthrough goal is. Here's a few. A breakthrough that the pandemic will be gone. I hate the stinking pandemic. I'm sick of hearing the word COVID. I wish they just changed the name because we could talk about something else. Maybe your prayer, your fast is for the pandemic to go away. Uh, maybe it's for government to calm down because they have lost their minds. All the media, pray, pray and fast over the media for their lunacy. Pray and fast for a successful launch into this new building next door. Let me share something real quick. This last year was a crazy year. Most churches, the statistic nationwide, is a attendance decline of 40 to 60 percent. Our attendance decline was 10 to 15 percent. God's honored us this year. He's blessed us. Giving nationwide is, is down. Uh, our executive pastor, Tim, estimated our revenue for 2020 to be $1,172,000. Our giving for 2020 was 1,176,000. Get behind me, Satan. I got a breakthrough right there. You didn't know I was a ninja preacher now, did you? So it was 172,000, uh, 1,172,000, and our giving was 1,176,000. He honored that. At the beginning, at the end of 2019, our church voted to in, in, to dive into this new journey, building a, a new facility, a tool for ministry, five million bucks essentially, and in 10 weeks we'll be in it. It's right there, you can see it. So God is doing great things in our church. I'm convinced that 2021 is gonna be the best year we've ever experienced. And I, I don't wanna do anything to mess that up, and I want you to. I want us to posture ourselves. That's what this is. It's posturing ourselves before God. Say, I'll, this is a demonstration of my heart. 
that I want a breakthrough. I want you to do something great in my life and in my mess. So maybe your breakthrough is how you be a part of that financially, the MOVE campaign. Maybe it's how you serve more in 2021 than you ever have. You serve the local church with your gifts. And maybe it's a financial breakthrough, a relationship breakthrough, a career breakthrough. Maybe you need a home and it's a home breakthrough. Maybe it's discernment or clarity about a big decision you have to make. Maybe it's just spiritual renewal, a fresh encounter with God. Maybe it's deliverance from, a, from an old addiction that seems to plague you and haunt you over the ages. Now, I just gave you a list. Now, it's my prayer that you, that you don't have all of them on your list. Because if you do, we need to bring you up front and lay hands on you. You need some breakthrough, okay? But it's also my prayer that something either on that list or the Holy Spirit rose up in your heart that there's something that you need to fast from. And that's all I'm encouraging and challenging you to do. Now, the next thing I want you to do is, is define what your demonstration of the fast is. Are you going to fast from social media? Are you going to fast from food for a while? Are you going to fast from caffeine or sweets or, or whatever? Are you going to do a Daniel fast, vegetables, uh, vegetables only, uh, no, no bread, no meat? You know, what, what's your fast? Just write that down. And it can change. This is, it's not legalistic. Why? Because he's not con God's concerned about the heart. Okay? The next thing I want you to do is write the name of an accountability partner. I want you to write down somebody that you can say, here's my fast. Here's the breakthrough I'm looking for. I want you to ask me every few days, am I, am I being dedicated? Am I sticking to it? Because what's not inspected cannot be expected. And God is always watching, but it's good to have somebody that'll hold us accountable because they want us to experience a breakthrough too. And the last thing I want you to do is simply write a small prayer below it. Father, I give you the next 21 days. I give you my breakthrough. I give you myself. Do with me what you want to in this season, and I won't be disappointed. Whatever your prayer is, Okay? I just want you to write that down there. Now, hopefully, many of you have chosen to do that. Now, in just a second, I'm going to ask you if you did, if you're doing this, if you're going to be a part of this, I'm going to invite you to stand up because I'm going to pray over you. Now, right now, somebody said, well, I've read my Bible, and we're not supposed to let people know when we're fasting. That's not all true. Throughout the Bible, there are nation, there's nationwide fast. They would call the whole nation to a fast. So everybody knew the nation was fasting, okay? What that scripture reference is, is speaking to in context is this. You're fasting, so say you do away with food for three days. Tomorrow, you know, don't look like you just climbed out from under a rock, moping around, mad. Somebody comes and speaks to you. I can't talk to you, I'm fasting. You know, I'm, I'm fasting for God, I've got to lose my 12 pounds. I mean, it's not, a, it's not about that. It's, it's not drawing attention to you for doing this, okay? It's, but it is okay for us to acknowledge that we're doing it. So if you're going to join me in this journey for the next 21 days, at some level, prayer and fasting, would you stand up with me? And if you're not, it's okay. It's okay. And the reason why I wanted you to stand up is a demonstration of, of this. God sees you standing. God hears the direction, the intent of your heart.
people around you realize, wow, now what if everybody in here pursue this thing well and God does breakthroughs in all of our life and we have revival? Imagine what would happen in our church. Imagine what would happen in our world. And also, for those of you who are standing, I want to pray over you right now. Okay? Would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Father, I come to you right now. I raise my hands over this group of individuals, men and women and boys and girls. And God, I thank you for them. I thank you that you sent them here today. I pray that in all of my confusion and my presentation of your truth, that they just heard with clarity the truth that you had for them. God, I pray for those that have standed that have stood this morning as a demonstration of their commitment to you. I pray, God, that you will help them, empower them through your spirit to be strong in their commitment of the breakthrough that you've placed in their heart. God, I pray that, that, that the way they've designed the fast, what they feel compelled to fast of, I pray that you'll give them strength to endure. And God, I pray that you will reveal to them deeper and greater, more glorious things that you're doing in their lives, even beyond the breakthrough. But God, I pray right now that in this group of people over the next 21 days, you pour yourself out and you do something great one life at a time, providing breakthroughs that people never thought they would have. But because they did it the way Daniel did it, you honored that. God, I pray that you use us as individuals and as a church more powerfully than ever before. And we will give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, those who know him said, amen. Stay standing. We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to have announcements, and you'll be dismissed. God We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.